You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Thank you, Bob. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, live from beautiful, wet Portland this morning. Uh, we, we share stories that show again and again that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that happiness and success are a state of mind, not the result of material gain or fame. Don't get me wrong, I like making money. But it's really learning to rock the journey with all of its ups and downs that I call success. Owning up for my past mistakes and being willing to work very hard have been essential to my own triumphs. If you're not passionate and willing to work hard, you might as well have winning the lottery as your life plan. Ask Lad how that is. I won. That's how good, when you met me, that's how good your odds are. I won the lottery when I met you? Yeah. Wow, that that's, that's like winning Think the about that. That was like winning the lottery. What were the taxes on that? So, <laughs> so he's, he's I, I, paying me my lottery gotta, inheritance at twelve fifty an hour. And you got, well, that's the tax thing. <laughs> The lower, the less money you make, the less you got to pay me in taxes. Oh. Um, anyway, I'm Dave Dahl, and I co-founded Dave's Killer Bread after a total of 15 years in the joint. Our best guests on Felony Inc. have discovered the amazing power of accountability and have converted adversity to wisdom and a success mindset. I can't really focus on this today. I'm just thinking all over the place. Uh, positive change isn't easy. Transformation is what, lad? It's a MFR. My co-host is Lad Justison, himself a 20-year veteran of the Oregon correction system. Lad experienced his own transformation while incarcerated and stayed out of trouble since he was released in 2008. Lad, tell us about today's guest. You know what, Dave, before we get to our guests, why don't we just kind of give everybody a little update on what the killer granddaddies are going to be doing this weekend. So, first of all, we'll be playing at my friend Bob's house down in Venita, Oregon. Yeah. And then... So everybody's invited? Is that what you said? Nope. Okay, then why'd you tell them? Well, it's just that we, I wanted to let everybody know that the killer granddaddies agreed to do this for an old childhood friend of mine that was mm -hmm. like a dad to me. And yeah, it really means a lot to he's me. He's a great that, guy and a great, great story. Guy. And then on Sunday, tell us about the recovery. Well, we're, we're playing for um, Family Recovery. Thanks a lot. I don't remember the exact name of it. It's like Family Recovery High School. It's the first recovery high school in Portland. First annual. No, but it's their first. It's the first of them. First right. recovery high school in Portland. Right. Yeah. So we'll be playing about an hour there. Yeah. Yeah. Setting up a kind of a so half they have stage. A, they have a gala. And like I said, it's a barbecue. I think it's sold out. But if you really, um, if you really, really want to go, you can probably go on Facebook and take a look at the event, contact them, and get a ticket. Well, you know, Dave, we never get paid for doing these charities, but we always get fed. No, we get, yes, and we get paid in ways beyond money. That's right. And nobody in the right mind would pay us anyway. I so. know. <laughs> you got a point. So, Tell us about Sean. So in addition to his role as a partner at Compass Law, Sean Beers, and we are currently working on a nickname for Sean, serves as the president and general counsel of Portland Product Works, LLC. Works is W-E-R-K-S. That's right. A Portland-based e. consumer product company. Sean possesses extensive general management, finance, and legal expertise in the retail and consumer product sector, and with more than a decade of experience as an owner-operator of emerging businesses, combined with more than a decade 
of experience at Columbia Sportswear Company, where he served as in a variety of roles during a significant growth phase. That's pretty cool, Sean. I'm kind of curious about that one. Anyway, uh, did you work with Gert? I shared an office wall with Gert for years. That's yeah. got to be an amazing. I have a photo, actually, of me riding Gert in, on a back of my Harley into the sales meeting in, like, 2001 or something. She's squirming around on the back, smoking a cigarette, and <laughs> yeah. and it was it's pretty funny. Yeah, pretty, pretty good times. <laughs> that's, wow. That's I'd like to hear more about that sometime. Yeah. So Sean was integral uh, to executing the successful turnaround of the Soro brand, which grew from bankruptcy at the time he um, um, assisted Columbia in acquiring the brand to approximately 50 million in revenue under his leadership. Did you get any of that, Sean? I got a little bit of that. Well, but it was $51 million the year before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sean also served as a general manager of Columbia Sportswear Company Global Footwear Business. And you know what, Dave? Every time Sean comes in, I'm looking for some packages that he's going to be bringing us from his sportswear business. I ain't never see him. Well, the fall stuff's on the water now, so you'll, you won't be long. And the checks in the mail, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the box. So anyway, uh, sportswear, clo- you know, company's global footwear business, where he was successful in executing an operational turnaround for the division while positioning it for future growth. Sean is a licensed attorney in the state of Oregon and is also a licensed certified public accountant. This is the cra- that's the crazy shit right there. I, I mean, that's unheard of. It is. Yeah. And he's going to tell us a little bit about that anyway. Yeah. So his interests include writing, playing music, fly fishing. So writing and playing music, yeah. Yeah. And uh, skiing and um, playing with Dave. Yeah, working. Uh, wow. Okay, now before we actually start conversing, um, Sean sent me a letter that I found very... Um, very inspirational, kind of, um, it, it's great to be, it's very gratifying to know that you make a difference in someone else's life. Yeah, it affected me when I, the morning, or when I read it that morning, I woke up and I and I sent it to you, I thought we could talk about it today a little bit, because it kind of hits on some deeper themes that we probably all should be talking about anyways, frankly, so. Sure. But. Okay, I, I, I want to hear all about that. Um, would you like to read it or would you like me to? Go ahead. Okay. Dear Sean, your story helped me change my life. I'd always been the ambitious type, though there was a time when I lacked direction. As you know, from personal experience, that can be a dangerous combination. In August of 2005, I was sentenced to 66 months in prison for multiple counts of burglary in the first degree and felony possession of firearm. While on a return trip to county jail from prison to resolve a detainer, I came across an article in the metro section of the Oregonian about you. I remember the metro section in, in, in prison. I used to read that every day. I remember the Oregonian. Yep. <laughs> it's barely around anymore. It's, it's, you, don't, you don't see paper copies of it too no. often. This was in October or November of 05. I read it several times and something clicked. I'd never known anyone or been presented with any proof of a person who had lived as I did and turned their life around. Attending AA meetings, working a dead-end job while chain-smoking cigarettes, and thinking about the good old days doesn't count. Sounds familiar. I've seen a lot of that. I've been there. Me too. Yeah. My bar was much higher. You were married with kids, and now we're talking about Sean. You were married with kids, had a successful career, college degrees, admitted to the Oregon State Bar, etc. You were owning life on every level. You were proof that it was possible. It's probably hard to believe, but I packed the newspaper article around for my entire sentence. I paroled in September of 2010 and never looked back. Fast forwarding to today, I'm also married. No kids for now, but I have a dog that wakes me up at 3 a.m. in the morning for no other reason than for me to pet her. Homeowner, a successful career in the fire protection industry, and a volunteer firefighter in Sandy. I have a good life. None of this happened overnight. It took, a, it took uh, years of hard work and sacrifice, the results of which are often diagnosed as good luck to misguided onlookers that have yet to grasp the fact that success is a product forged in our minds. 
that's that sentence right there is is very it's gold. Powerful. I agree. Yeah, that's that's good. Buddy. That's that's the story of of my turnaround too. I think it's the story of everyone's turnaround. Absolutely. The seed you unintentionally planted 14 years ago grew. I guess I just wanted to say thanks, man. Hope everything is still going as great for you now as it was back then. And that's from a fellow named Jeremy. So you ever get to meet Jeremy? Well, I did uh, trade emails and texts with Jeremy re- uh, just after that. So he comes to Portland quite a bit, and I've invited him to come by the office and you know shake hands and sit down for a few minutes at any at any point. So yeah, and he said he, he would. So I'm, I'm sure we'll get together at some point. He's also a skier, so I go through Sandy a lot, and I'm sure sure we'll connect at some point in the next few months. Oh, cool, It'd be kind of cool to have him come on the show. Well, I you. think so too because you know, like that's an inspirational story as well. I mean, yeah. just his inspirational. Well, he doesn't bars, have to like, be. He doesn't have. To. <laughs> You know, anybody that thinks you got to be an entrepreneur or get rich. Even. No, that just means you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it means you're going too far. People can find balance and still be successful. I, I, I hope so. Not me either. But yeah, I, I would. I I've think learned they are to be a little there. more balanced because <laughs> I, I have the luxury of balance now. But if I. If I hadn't had the ridiculous kind of success that I had, I wouldn't be balanced either. Yeah. But, you know, Dave, remember when we used to go to the juvenile facilities and and prisons and whatever, and uh, Dave would speak to those guys, Sean, and and then years later we would hear from these guys and girls that, uh, hey, you know what, you know, you coming in that day and... Taking your time to do it really changed my, you know, my thinking a little bit. Yeah, it's a little intangible, but it's real, and it's something that you know. Again, I, once I got this letter, I was kind of, you know, I'd done some work in the past with, with uh, drug courts and things like that, but you know, it, re- it sort of woke me up again to say well, I should probably quit focusing on my own stuff so much and see if I can't work with some other folks as well. Um, so, anyways, th- this all just happened in the last couple of weeks, so I'm pretty excited about re sort of orienting my direction a bit here. I don't know how, um, honestly, you can do it. Uh, I mean, you're you kind of have to do it twenty four seven almost to do all that. Well, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know either exactly, but um, I I do know, you know, somebody kind of a little bit. I don't even know if it was intentional. Called me out a little bit last time I was in here about like, oh, so you don't have any ex, you know, felons working for you? Ah. We have a company, and I'm like, you're right, we don't. And then you know, I've since met a. A, a, a couple guys that are looking for a, a, a um, you know a start in the business and uh, and, I, and this most recently I've just asked this young younger guy to come back in August and, and I'll put you to work and we'll, we'll make a spot for you because I, I really like his ambition his follow up and you yeah. know his background is terrible worse than any of ours for, I'm sure but yeah. this kid's pulling himself out of out of the sh- out of the weeds and and uh, you know I feel like now I'm in a position where I can actually you know give somebody that hand up like others did give to me and. Um, so now you know that's one way to, to go does about he, doing it. Does does he does he have a little time, uh, you know, behind him that he's that he's proven that he's honest? A little bit, yeah. That. He's I mean he's doing the right stuff. I'm always looking for you know actions are louder than words and all that. And you know he's in he's in college. He's working full time and, and going to college at the same time. He's putting uh, himself through it and okay. he's uh, he's staying clean. And he you know the times I've met him, I I could tell that he's doing the right stuff and um so you know we'll see nobody's perfect but, yeah. but he's you know doing stepping in the right direction so yeah i mean i when when we did it with dkb i didn't um i didn't say oh you know you, back then nobody was shaming you into hiring the next felon yeah yeah <laughs> it was more like it was, it was more like really you hired that guy you know um I think there's still a certain element of that, you yeah. know. I mean, I think there's a small group of us, and felons may get their Me Too mo- mo- moment at some point as well. But the bottom line is, it's you know, there's a stigma there, and and um, in some ways, I can't blame general society for having that stigma because you know oh, no, we, we do dumb all. shit, and that's just the, we 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 did it to ourselves in a lot of ways. But yeah, to be real about it, um, that was the whole t- thing. I mean, at first when we were doing it, we um, hired, kind of hired everybody. Um, you know, based on really more about whether I knew them yeah. than anything else. You know, and they were good people. The thing is, most of these guys are good people waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. And so, so the thing was, even we had failures because we didn't do the right, you know, homework. screening, screening, homework. Basically, even um, eventually realized that. There are a lot of people who are ready. Don't hire the ones that aren't because that 
ruins your track record. It makes you less likely to do it again. You really have to do. You have to hire the right people, and, and probably also set them up for success in terms yeah. of like what are their skill sets and what like you know get them some wins so they have confidence and continue to grow and develop and you know um, there's for, guys are at different stages and gals for that matter are at different stages of their uh, evolution I guess and and you know some require a little bit more care and feeding than others. But that became kind of the staple for you, Dave, is, in, is that when they came. You know, we Dave learned a kind of criteria of things to look for. Yeah, mm. sure. Well, at first it was like, well, okay, who's like, uh, I can I see what's someone who's like me when I see them, you mm -hmm. know? Can you, what's the recipe to seeing somebody who has turned it around and is excited about this turnaround and just looking for an opportunity to prove to others what he already knows? Sure. Um, you know, but it, it, sometimes it, not everyone has that dramatic of a turnaround, and so you ha the, you're going to get people in various level at sure. various levels. So you find out you, you you definitely have to ask what the person has been up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. I mean, for my sake, I don't think everybody has to be as maniacal as I am about you know starting and no. running a business because that's just a totally different equation for a lot of people. But the um, and not even a wise one, frankly. Uh, yeah. But. Um, you know, I, what got me going down this path and, and really coming around was education primarily. So I, I'm a huge advocate for education. Like if I always say, not only ex-cons, but even just young people coming out of college or whatever, you put 10 years in, 10 hours a day, 10 years, I don't care what you're working on, you're going to be way ahead of the game. 10 hours, 10 years, 10, 10, pretty yeah. simple. For a young person, that's, that's not asking a lot. For uh, someone who's 60... That's they this like uh, ten years. I might be dead by the time I finish that. But yeah, yeah. You know, but maybe maybe so. But it's still you're still going to be seventy at some point. So you <laughs> yeah. might as well get busy you now. Got it. And, and the thing is, <laughs> well, and the thing is, it's like if people if you think that it's going to suck, well then then you're already on the wrong path. That's right, because that work is its own reward, and yes. that's an old saying as well. But I mean, it's a true. It know, very it's, much is. You know, I, it doesn't matter where you start, especially if you if you have the right attitude. If you start. At the bottom, you're going to work your way. Up. Absolutely, yeah, and you're going to you got a head start on the rest of the world just by having that attitude. Frankly, because mm -hmm. people that aren't coming out of our situations, you know, they're they're kicking the dirt and 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 bemoaning going to work, and you know, they don't even understand all the opportunity that they have that 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 you know some of us There's just toss away. Yeah, they don't have perspective. Exactly, like, like an ex felon might. That's right. So, um, so anyways, that that letter was a real. Um, um, it was important to me, and I think you know he doesn't understand probably himself quite how inspirational his own story is. So right. we'll we'll get him hooked up. Which is chain effect? Yeah, know? I like I like the line I'm talking about. You know, um, a lot of people might say, "Well, that's good luck." Uh, you know, you make your own luck, and definitely, I was born uh, lucky on certain levels, and born really unlucky on others, and when I got out of prison, I was I had the luck of going to work with my family and uh it was weird because it was disruptive on the path that i was on there was a path i was on already which was real i loved it it was drafting where was i going to go from there i loved learning all this stuff i was mm -hmm. learning as a computer drafter and uh, i had to switch directions it worked out really great for me but you know, I don't. I don't know if you've heard of uh, this charity that I really, really am a, a part of. It's called Constructing Hope. I have heard of it. Yeah, that that's for people who. Um, there's a lot of opportunity for people to learn to get into the trades via uh, via uh, apprenticeships. Yep. So. Um, I mean, we don't have to do things. Or we don't have to be entrepreneurs. In fact, like you said, it's not. Uh, it's not necessarily wise. No. <laughs> Most people really don't want to be entrepreneurs. And if I had gotten out of prison <clears throat> uh, without the family to go to, I would not have chosen to be an entrepreneur. That's me. I would have worked my ass off for a company that was going somewhere or that would be my hope and I'd be helping that company to where they would go they go man you're a badass yeah. and, and I'm going to make you you know I'm going to help you be yep. the person that you can be that's how I felt at Columbia Sports where they really did that for me and I feel like I gave them everything I had as well so it worked out really well for everybody so that was, I agree I 
um, look back and wonder why, <laughs> why I started a different path altogether. I'm glad I did. It's been a, quite an adventure after Columbia, but uh, but yeah, I was fortunate to, to 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 get to that situation as well. It wasn't lucky though. Like to, back no. to your point, it didn't. Ha- it didn't. I didn't just wake up and apply, and they said you're hired, and here you go. No. have an executive job. It was a long, hard sl- haul to get to that point. And Hell yeah. Super stressful and. Um, you know, more than 10 hours a day for 10 years. It was more like 14 hours a day for 10 years. So Yeah, was, what you're asking people to do isn't what you did. Yeah. You're asking for them to do less. Yeah, I'm asking <laughs> them to do less, but I'm just telling you that even that's way more than the average person's yeah. going to be doing, and that's probably sometimes what it takes. I have a talk on YouTube that um, you, anybody can go look at. If they type my name in YouTube, you'll see it. It's, called, it's about the power of perseverance, and I did mm. this in front of the Oregon Entrepreneurs Network about five or six years ago. Um, at that time, a lot of people in that audience didn't know I was a felon. Some, including some of my shareholders. No who one in the audience. does that just by looking at you. And well, uh, yeah, probably not anymore. Or by but, what you say, yeah. But but you know, I I and yeah, I mean, I had to, yeah, you know, obviously, um, you don't want to run around with that on your chest at some point, in, uh, until some point. And now I'm, I think it's a point of power, not a point of weakness. But in any case, that YouTube video is worth checking out. It's called "The Power of Perseverance," and yeah. um, I think it'd be good for everybody to take a take a look look at. I'm definitely going to check. Oh, I got, I got. Um, definitely going to check that out. Perseverance is a beautiful thing. Yes, it uh, is. It's required. It's required. We're going to get to. I think we need to let people know a little bit more about your past. You've done it before. You've done it done it on this show before. But I, I'd like you to um, to review us. Cause, sure. Uh, but we'll do that after we do this break right here. Sounds good. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Well, welcome back to Felony Inc. with uh, today's guest, Sean Beers. And we were going to get into a little bit about, uh, maybe Sean can bring us up to speed on how he got to this point. That's a long story. But it is. I, I'm, I'm pretty good at condensing it at yeah. this point, so I'll do, I'll do my best to hit the higher low points as they may be. Uh, so I grew up in a pretty average middle-class family didn't really have any major disadvantages, no real reason for me to go off the rails. I mean, it just didn't uh, make Ego? sense. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I was always the crazy kid and the craziest kid in the neighborhood and the first kid with dirt bikes, you know, just whatever it was, you know, fireworks, dirt bikes. Uh, <clears throat> and, and again, just, you know, kind of a really nice, average, middle-class family, great parents and so forth. Um, Somewhere in high school, I got pretty heavily into drugs. So, um, selling cocaine, uh, smoking cocaine at that point. Um, this is in the sort of early 80s, basically. It and was your first entrepreneurial idea, uh, opportunity, right? It was my first entrepreneurial opportunity. Yeah, in fact, I learned a lot from the street, as we all do. And I've often thought about writing a book about the top 10 things I learned about business on the street collections and inventory and sales and. Marketing and did you, they all did apply. you actually go physically collect uh, at times? I well, I, there I, we have we all have friends in that we world. Don't want to talk so about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure if the statute is right at this point. <laughs> Dave, hey, did you know that Dave was the collector? I can imagine. He was. Yeah, oh, I, I was a collector. At yeah, times. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I got going on 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 selling co- cocaine in the in the 80s and and um, and I did end up. With uh, by the time the parade was over, and there was a lot of war stories, as everybody can imagine, in that whole process, I ended up getting arrested for my, my final time on the day of the Rodney King riots in Los Angeles uh, with two kilos and a bunch of cash in, in the Santa Anita Mall parking lot on an that. FBI sting. And um, so that was a 
pretty big wake up because that was not a great day to get arrested in LA County. Um, it was pretty. So you did your time in California. I did most. Well, I mean, I've done a year in Roseburg and and bunches of weeks and whatever. Hit you know, I'm in Washington, et cetera. You name it. Uh, but that was county time. Yeah, all that was county time. But um, but my state time was in California. It was five years and. Um, again, started on the day of the Rodney King riots, but that was also the, although the worst day, arguably, I had some pretty bad ones, but arguably the worst day of my life. Uh, it was also the best day because it was the that was the, the day. Yeah, it was the beginning exactly. That was the minute I knew I had two strikes. Um, I was smart enough to, even though I was completely strung out, I was smart enough to know that okay, that's it, we're done, the game's over. There's no, th- I'm not going for three. So we're, I got as much as I could out of it for two. And well, did and I'm you done. always have courage the whole time? I mean, were you always kind of a courageous guy? Yeah, I was on the. Oh, well, I mean, I was an outlaw for four or five years because I, I literally was wanted in Oregon and, and they didn't have computer systems the way they do now. So you could navigate around a lot. And so, I lived in hotels and motels pretty much the whole time. Yeah, but when you got busted, uh, you did, it didn't, did it, it you just kind of immediately landed on your feet or did? No, or? it was a shock to the system because, again, if, if L.A. County's a, um, I don't know how to describe it. I spent plenty of time in Multnomah County and it doesn't, that like, seems like the waiting room at a doctor's office compared to L.A. County. So yeah. uh, it's, um, it was a pretty sh- big shock to the system. It was like uh, very gang driven and run, and virtually no, um, you know, Caucasian folks in that yeah. facility. Well, and I remember that from Detroit and yeah. from Massachusetts, both. Yeah, and it's so you're like you got a different level of awareness around you suddenly. You're, mm-hmm. It's a lot more of a survival mode that kicks in, and um, and um, and so it was a you know it was a shock to the system. It was good for me because it was one of those things where if I if I didn't get tasered like that. I, I would never stop doing what I was doing. And I know a lot of guys and gals when are in the same taser, mode. you say taser, do you mean that in a... Uh, metaphorical, metaphorical sense. Yeah. yeah, just sort of just like shock to the just bone. Mm-hmm. And and uh, really had to drill the hole as deep as I could, basically, is what it comes down to. So, uh, it, and so a lot of that built that power that for me, it was, you know, coming through that was actually also part of that ability for me to persevere through whatever BS I have to deal with. So now I'm an entrepreneur and every day, every week is filled with these, what seem like cataclysmic problems that could sink the company. And they don't really bother me anymore because a, I can, it's always better than that. Like you always have experience. You have experience that, that, uh, you know, tells you one for for one thing, this isn't that bad. And for another thing, uh, you, you overcome. There's a way out of it. Yeah, right. There's a solution to every problem if you put your mind to it and you don't just curl up in a ball. So, um, yeah, it takes some courage to walk through all that stuff. I'm not sure if that's, uh, it, you know, I can't really explain it as to, to why that is. But, you know, suppose I get that from my dad or something. But Well, courage is an interesting thing. I bring it up because, for me, there's been times when I didn't, I completely wanted to just take myself out. That's how I was. And that's what's, you know, rather... As opposed to you, I started my whole drug thing from a point of despair. And, you know, I ended up every time in despair yeah. when, when that was taken away. So it's a different thing. I mean, but, this, the, you know, I eventually found courage. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very interested in how it was for you. You sort of had it all along. You didn't really lose it. I don't know. You know, I can't explain it. I was always a quarterback when I was playing football. When I was a kid, I was always catcher. You know, or whatever, trying to run sh- run the show basically. And yeah. and I don't I don't know. Again, maybe. Well, you were successful. It was my dad. You had you had levels me. of success at a young age. I did have some I levels really of success. Did, so. And yeah, and, and we all come from different circumstances. We all end up here, but mm. the, and, you know, we start in different places. And I think you know, I can't speak to anybody else's experience specifically, but I do think those basic principles still you know apply for everybody. The I think so. enjoy what you do. Work hard, you know. Give everything you got. Be straightforward. Be a straight shooter. It's interesting I mean, how we all get there from a different door. Yeah, that's exactly the point, I guess. And so, anybody that's on the beginning of that journey, that's listening to this or or whatever, it it, it does. It, in at some level, you know, I totally appreciate that. Um, not everybody has the same sort of background opportunities and so forth, but the, we can all get to the same place is what I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, there's so, no excuses. That's, no, no, that's, that's one, right. That's one point. So when you went to prison, California, um, obviously, you know, you had this mindset of change. Yeah. What were the programs and stuff in there that kind of set you on that path? There weren't. There wasn't anything at that point. I mean, that was the most scandalous system ever. There's cash floating around in the th- place and... and uh, 
you know, riots and, and whatnot on the yards. Inmates and, running the prison. Yeah, I mean, I basically, you know, even the, even I would, I went through, I probably did a maybe, no, let's call it a year and a half of undergraduate uh, college through Portland State. Um, they would send me my materials and I would test in front of the guards and then we would send the test back to Portland State. But the guards had no interest in that. They, I mean, they didn't even want to do it for me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was they a threat to them. That's the making thing, you stronger. But the thing is, you know, we're talking about perseverance, right? Mm. You got them to do it, right? I did get them to do it. The things that kept me sane and going there was that program. The program was um, um, playing music, um, studying, seriously studying, um, and the, you know, working in the kitchen and the weight pile, and that was it. And that was that was the day to day, every day, all day long. That you was the routine. Get, you didn't get excited about your your, your job you had had there. Was, I loved my job. You did. I did yeah. love my job there. I okay. never had a job before either, frankly. <laughs> and I loved my job. It was so. It was what a dumb were you job. doing in the kitchen? It was cleaning pots. I yeah. remember studying on the like dip, tipping the pots upside down and going to the back corner and studying math in the back in the back of the kitchen. So your yeah. mind was going all the time. It totally. was kind of a. I, I remember I used to write songs while I was yeah. while I was working in the scullery. Yeah. You know, cleaning pots. I mean, th- because your mind is able to go. Um, yeah, it can be a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I, you know, and then I had access to eggs and, and protein as well and potatoes. Yeah. So, so yeah. I was trying to, you know. So the whole time you in there, the whole time you was in there, you worked in the kitchen. No, I mean I was about a year in LA County before they moved me off to the to the to the uh, men's colony in San Luis Obispo, but. Um, yeah, and the rest of it. And you worked your entire sentence. Other than that, I mean, for the rest of your time was in the kitchen. Yep, exactly right until the day I got out, which you know was a. Um, we all have you know those are the that are out and remember that day, and that's a. It's a mixed. For me, it was a mixed deal. I, yeah. I was. I had one foot out, and one foot in. I didn't really know if I wanted to go out. Yeah, because you had figured out how to do your time. Exactly. I was happy inside, and, and a lot of that is becoming free in your mind. Yeah. So um, that's right. For me, it was it was like wow, first time in my life I'm free and I'm he- in here. Yeah, it's an um, irony. I don't want to. Sure. I don't exactly want to fuck this up. But then, <laughs> you know, I felt like I I wouldn't. You know, I, I really felt like I wouldn't. Well, I, they wouldn't let me stay anyways. I asked them. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "No, you got to well, go, you got to go through the other door if you want back in here." <laughs> well, you know, that's you uh, tell tell Sean about how uh, you're at Snake River. You're in the CAD Cam program, to... and then all of a sudden they said you want to get out a little early, or you can go to this other program. You didn't want to go. No, they were telling me. Uh, <laughs> they were telling me about it. I mean, I was hearing about this program that they had come up with. It was a a drug program that could get you out a whole bunch early. I did my 70 months measure 11, which was day for day, and then I had a 40, 45 month sentence after that that I could get good time on. And they surprised me by telling me that I could get out, you know, 27 months early or something. I don't remember if it was really that much. But um, I, I was I was in the CAD CAM program by then, and I started taking medication from my depression, and I, I was rocking, playing my guitar, you know, mostly just in my cell. But I was loving, I was loving what I was doing, yep. and uh, I wasn't ready. For, I I really didn't want somebody fucking with my head, and that's what was going to happen going into a drug program, and. Eventually, once you know acceptance is the big deal, where you go, okay, whatever's going to happen, I'm not going to let it happen to me. I'm going to happen to it, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And I, I went there, and it was tough in a lot of ways. I had to, I had to, you know, toughen up and and deal with it not being the way I wanted it to be. Sure. But worked out okay. Yeah, I mean, it turns out lots of life is like that. Lots, yeah. it doesn't work the way we want it to, and that's just exactly. you got to be able to kind of rise above it and. Not turn to the old habits and, and yeah. uh, ways of dealing with stuff, and um, you know, again, I think that whole focus around education, you know, and and frankly, hard work, um, something that you like to do, those are to me for most guys and gals in our situations, that's like those are the keys to to getting on the right path, on a, on, and really just basically living a, a life that's less full of depression and less full of the BS and more full of stuff that's. You know, you don't have to be a happy idiot all the time, jumping yeah. around like a fool. But you know, at least content and, and like you know, make, well, you want to feel, get, feel like you're making progress. Get in life. the negativity out of your life. Yeah, totally. The, the hating of the guards. Uh, yeah, there's know, no point. What yeah. good does that do? Stuff like that. Yeah, I had to stop hating my dad. That yeah. wasn't wasn't so hard once I started realizing that. Hey, I started looking at myself and going, 
Well, who am I to even trip on anybody yeah, yeah. else? That's right. Uh, why, do, why do you always trip on Olan? <laughs> he's always down the ground. <laughs> trip well, I can't see you guys him. have told that one before. I, I just <laughs> wanted to put that on air, you know, so Olan could get a break, you know. So. But, you know, Dave, um, talking about um, you moving on to, uh, you know, the different institution there when, when you're, you know, you got earlier, kind of an earlier release, part of, you know, your acceptance and part of, uh, you know, Sean, yours, you know, too, is, is no matter what came at that point, you were ready for yeah. it, you know? Well, yeah. I, was, I started happening to it instead of it yeah, happening exactly. to me. No more I, victim mentality. You're right. Uh, it starts up here. It's like the dude said... Jeremy said in the letter, and everything he said in the letter was solid. Um, basically, it starts up in your brain, and uh, you know you don't. When you're reacting to other negativity, other people's negativity, you're not getting getting very far. You're not in control. Yeah, you're not in mm -hmm. control. And, and change. You, and you know? people are so used. So many people, including myself, at some point in my life. Um, are so used to blaming and making excuses. It's just like, it's comfortable to be there. You're like, okay, well, I, I would love to have, to think differently, but no, this is the way it is. Um, it totally isn't that way. It's, it, 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 you're exactly right. We use, a, we use that principle at, at our business as well. There's a lot of things that are pretty much impossible to get done. I, I, we, we come down on folks pretty hard when it's like, well, we can't do this, we can't do that. Because I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what are the ways we can do something. Mm. So just flip the equation over. It doesn't mean it won't be hard or damn near impossible. But of course, you got to be how, realistic, right? Yeah. Well, maybe Somewhat. sometimes. <laughs> you know, was Steve Jobs realistic? Was uh, you know Bill Gates realistic? Well, I think so. I think they were in the sense that they could envision what they where they were going. Sure, sure. They maybe didn't have exact each step of the spe way. Yeah. Spe uh, specific. And end in mind, but they had a, a dream. Yeah, that was realistic. And that starts with the mindset, though, of of how do we get this done? Not we can't get this done. So yeah. it's to me, it's that same. It, we apply it to those businesses. We apply it to our own little business, or we apply it to our individual lives. And I think it makes a big difference. And you got to be good at accepting failure. You got to go. You got to love it. If no's not your board. favorite word, then you're in the wrong world, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Dave, just like I was telling you the other day, um, one of the things, one of the attributes about Dave that I've always admired is that when he knew that he couldn't do something, he would find somebody that there, there you do go. It. Yeah. So. Yeah. My well, dad used to always say, "If I don't know the answer, I know somebody that does." So. Right. And it's not really, not even just that. That's part of it. Is that you know. You, you have to be humble enough to, and realistic enough to say, hey, this is not what, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a, uh, an accountant. That's but, just being smart. Yeah, and okay. so, I'm not going to go learn to be a lawyer so I can take care of my legal shit. That's a waste of time, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And but, no fun anyways, but, trust me. And, but, even, <laughs> but even some of the other stuff that, um, I mean, I, I had to accept, once I accepted that I wasn't good at a lot of stuff, I was happy. I, once I accepted, I was okay not to be good at this. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes there are some things I could do the rest of my life and not get good at. Like, I mean, I could never be uh, a really great basketball player like I used to dream. Yeah, I, I can't could. dunk a basketball. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still holding out for it, but I'm working I on it. Physically, not don't have it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but on the other hand, Dave, when you were taking that CAD CAM class, and probably for you too, you know, um, before you went to prison, you didn't have any formal education, right? No. So when you found, high school. when you finally got some medication to clear your mind we up a did. little bit and went to the CAD CAM, you realized probably for the first time in your life that hey, you know what, I'm good at something. There's a lot of potential here. Yeah. 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 I exactly. knew. I knew that I was going to be happy. I knew that I I could from that point on. Um, accept my situation and be happy wherever I'm at. Yeah, I think the key for, like, I think for the whole, like, listening audience is that we're not, you know, any different than anybody else that's mm -hmm. listening out there. So it's like, no matter where you think you're starting from, again, you can get back, to, you can get to the, to, to the same finish line. Because we all started with some doubt and, and lack of education and, and just sort of all those things. And it's, it's through perseverance and, and turning oh. your mindset into a positive mindset, it, you can get... You can be a happy person. Once a person has hope, then things are are moving. You know, it's kind of, hope is a big, great word that sure. I I never really looked at that word before because I always thought, it, you know, it's more recently I've been thinking about that word hope because people keep saying to me, you know, your story gives people hope, 
and I'm like, okay, hope. How does it, how does that work? Uh, to me, it's always been more like, well, it gives people it gives people on the road. It gives it, 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 if my if they're listening right, they're not getting um, not making excuses. They're not uh, they're taking the bull by the horns. Yeah, ownership and accountability. Yeah, yeah. But but once you realize that there is a way out of the way you think and the and the rut that you're in, then it gives you hope. Hope is uh, is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. I've begun to I've begun to realize. Um, so, do we have to do another break there, sir? Well, let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. Okay. And when we come back, support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get a $150 credit. Um. Well, Sean's going to get a chance to finish that thought. Okay, so yeah, I was just we were talking off the during the commercial about kind of um, my thoughts coming into today's session, which were really based off the letter that I received from Jeremy that Dave read earlier, and uh, again, it, re- it sort of uh, created in me a realization that I'd kind of taken my eye off the ball of helping others that were in my same situation. And by the way, I got some help, you know, coming out and, 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 and along the way, I mean, we all get breaks if, if we're continuing to keep at it. And, um, you know, the fact is I just haven't spent as much time on that effort as I, as I wish I had up to this point in time, but it's never too late. And so the fact is, um, you know, I'm sort of working through my mind, how do I get more involved with um, helping give guys and gals a hand up and hand in the right direction that are ex-cons that have a lot of potential and they're, but they're exhibiting the things we talked about positive mindset uh, the power of perseverance that accountability factor like those are hallmarks of um, sort of qualifiers I guess to get into my world because if you don't have those elements yeah. I can't really create those for you like those, those you got to bring those to the party there's other stuff I can help bring to the party well then you can get excited about helping someone like that that's exactly right you, you, it's got to be a two way street you got to be able to enjoy helping them yeah 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 it has to it has to work for everybody involved mm-hmm. and, and it, I think you're right then you know when when I work with small business other small businesses for example it's exciting to me when I when I see the owners are doing the things that they need to do to, to, to make a difference to their business, then it encourages me. I don't need compensation for that. My compensation is being involved with helping somebody, you know, out of, through stuff that I experienced in the past that didn't work. So I do that on the small business side, but on with regard to ex-cons, um, you know, working on ways to, to make that happen as well. So, for example, um, we'll be hiring um, a young man here in August that I have I think has a lot of potential and has overcome a significant amount of... Um, far worse things than I ever did in my background, and he's really doing the right stuff. He's got a positive attitude. He's, uh, you know, he's working his tail off at work, and he's working his tail off at school simultaneously. He's, I think he's the right kind of guy to get behind and, and support. There's lots of, of them out there, of, of us out there. We just, you know, I, one thing that's a little challenging for me is trying to connect the dots. And and I'm I'm thinking maybe by the time we come back on the show next time, we'll have some more ideas about something that's more f- structured and more accessible, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you don't know me, you, how are you going to get a hold of me to, to ha- get some assistance or well, whatever? Well, also, but, you have, you're limited. I mean, you can only have so much time. Exactly. So, so you can't we got to find a way to leverage that experience. That's right. But, you know, but there, is, there isn't anything really in my mind that, I mean, I know we know people like Sonia and others that have done pretty good work in terms of trying to teach entrepreneur skills to inmates. I think those are the, the, the that's the right, Direction um, for sure, and certainly the right area for me to be spending time and well, energy you could on. Create, you could actually create uh, uh, some curriculum. Yeah, uh, and and that may be where where this goes uh, as well. Um, you know, I think it's it's a couple parts. You know, there is the curriculum, the hard learning element of it. There's also, the, as you know, the the uh, sort of uh, moral support, right? Mm-hmm. Like that element of just being a, somebody's buddy that that you know they're working their way through it and. I don't know. In AA, it might be whatever they call that sponsor. the sponsor type of a person, right? That that kind of a, a, a mentor that you can work sure. with. It doesn't always have to be technical learning elements. It could sometimes just be going to a baseball game or bullshitting or something. But yeah. you know, having having some type of a structure where 
um, we increase the prop, the number of people that have a chance to succeed and the chances that each one of them do have some success. That's really the name of the game. You can't guarantee that people are going to be successful. I can't even guarantee I'm going to be successful. No. We're just working <clears throat> hard together to get there. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, like, we do this program essentially as, you know, talking about entrepreneurs being successful, but there's so many, you know, most people aren't going to be entrepreneurs. No. And that's... Um, I like to talk about how I was successful. You know, I just remember how successful I was before I became an entrepreneur. I was just, I had the right mindset. And uh, so what, what what you're doing right now with, I mean, we could actually have this guy, this guy Jeremy on the show. um, And if you guys get a chance to talk uh, in between now and then and just talk about the processes, the, the we, even on this show itself, I like to think that this show, where somebody can listen to it and go and walk, go home and go, or you know, carry something throughout their day that they learned that this is going to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, like the way Jeremy did with that article, for example, mm-hmm. it's just something that has a lasting legacy and creates you know that next level of momentum for whoever it is that's listening or or reading in that case. So. Guarantee you made a difference in his life. There's no question. Well, that's why it made it such a big deal to me to you know, start thinking about this direction again, because believe me, I got all day long to think about my own problems, but they're, you know, they're, and they're there, but, you know, well, we can spend some extra time with other folks is but important. But since we, can we talk a little about what's a day like for you? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, days, um, you know, I'm up at five thirty six every every morning. I'm lucky if I'm sleeping anymore because my hips are killing me so badly these days. But wow. but uh, I'm up at five thirty six every morning. Uh, emails uh, must be those childbearing hips. Here. Well, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, we don't. I don't think we're going to really get into that. We're going to edit that out too. <laughs> the uh, you know we have business. We have sourcing relationships and a, and a group of people in Asia. So I'm on the phone or on emails with Asia pretty early in the morning. Mm. Cause it's the end of their day. Um, uh, then I'm headed to the office, which is right across the street from where I live. So I don't, I kind of cut out all my commute and made it pretty streamlined. And, uh, and that could involve, um, you know, meetings about our Pendleton brand footwear, uh, in the morning. It could be a finance meeting early that morning, looking at cash flow for the coming week could, uh, then be a, a meeting on marketing for our dovetail workwear brand. Um, uh, followed by, you know, uh, writing some contract for a, a third party that we're going to engage something with. Uh, some service with. So it can be very uh, wildly uh, different from hour to hour throughout the day. So you really have to be able to shift gears very radically, um, at least I do in our business. Um, and it's and a lot of times it feels like a sprint, like most days of the week feel like a sprint. And it's it's good. I mean, it, you know, as I say, it keeps me out of the bars. So it's, uh, it's love, good therapy. I, I, I actually <laughs> am, am, I feel, I, I totally love, I totally love doing what you're doing as far as just kicking just sometimes it's like oh i can't breathe and you don't get time to breathe yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's so well you must have had all those experiences at the bread company oh, because I, I mean you got every it was you got, well you got a million different things to think about right and and you got to have to find ways to compartmentalize think through specific issues that are very different than other areas of the business right who to ask who to rely on all that stuff and it's all that right. and it's a it's a minefield you know it's crazy. my favorite thing you know was to have time to create systems for me you know yeah. the things that i like to focus on would be the systems for the for the for production um and you know other systems that are that are that along the line yep uh, but I marketing was probably my favorite thing yeah. because I had a story. Right. You know, yep. I, not right. exactly. That's uh, right. Not everybody has a story, and it's hard. To, and they try and make them up, but you didn't yeah, have to. I didn't have to. <laughs> no, I, I made it up starting when I was a youngster. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you just brought it to the world yeah. recently. <laughs> so, uh, God, I was I was getting there was something I wanted to say about that. Oh, I know what it was. Maybe I ask ask you off air. This is interesting. Do you? Uh, do you take on uh, clients? Uh, what what kind of business law? You yeah yeah. So I, I, have a small, I have a small law practice as well as our apparel and footwear business. But mostly, what I do is I work with really emerging companies like our size and smaller. And it could be around like corporate formation. What's the right entity? It could be contracts that they need to enter into. Or um, you know, I just did a, a, a stock grant purchase sale for, for uh, that was a, a, a stock incentive program for an employee at one of my clients. 
I, I really don't charge very much. I mean, if I cut almost, I've charged almost no hours. I basically charge enough to pay my insurance fees, uh, oh. and it, so it's almost like a. Um, you know, it's part of my deal, basically, giving, of, of giving back. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a, have a major uh, practice in, in the area of law, but I like, I like it intellectually, and it really helps some of these smaller companies who can't go to large law firms because they're just too expensive. And so as a result, what they do is they don't get the legal representation that they probably should have, and later it ends up costing them even more money because they do stuff wrong. And so if so we you build, you build some sort of relationships that long, long lasting relationships with people, yeah. they probably look out for you down the road. I'm sure. No doubt. Sean, yeah. could, uh, could you represent me in a, in a sexual harassment case <laughs> against Dave? It, he'll make a special, he'll make a special exception there and he'll, he'll go outside of his normal practice. Yeah. Or I might a, make a referral. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we do have to wrap this up and, uh, where the hell are we there? Oh, I'll tell you what. Thanks thanks for joining us this week on Felony Inc. Podcast. Join us every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time at StartupRadioNetwork.com. And catch previous episodes on any podcast app. If you know it's good for you, you'll shut up and listen. If you don't, I can't promise that we won't show up at your place late at night and make you listen. Breaking and entering lad's ass. This will be full on breaking and listening. And hold on, everybody. I want to, if you get a chance, go. Uh, I haven't said this yet. Go and listen to my interview with Guy Raz on how I built this. How I built this. I, I think he did a great job, and so did I. And uh, big thank you to Sean, of course. Beers welcome. Portland Product Works. Tune in next week as we welcome back Cosmarte. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, you know him. Yeah. And yeah before Cosmarte. Yeah, before you don't know that one, Mm-mm. that's pretty cool. It's a success. Yeah, yeah he's back cool. in New York. Before I read this last little uh, part of our exit, I would like to remind Sean that uh, the Pendleton Footwear Company. Um, I wear a size ten. Dave's eleven, and I think all on is as well. yeah. a ten. Duly noted. <laughs> Coming up after the break is Latino it, Founder Hour with your hosts Edgar Navis and Sylvia Salazar. And conveniently forgotten. That's right. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so preparate para English a la espana. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.